And a big good afternoon to you, Stephen. Thursday finance rolls around quickly, doesn't it? Oh, well, okay. we're so much looking forward to it, Mark. Time goes quickly. You'll We've be got look- all these people waiting for us to come on again next week already. Well, look, you'll have a you'll have a pretty good week next week because you've got Jane back next Thursday. Oh, she's back. Is she's she? back in the country. Saw her yesterday. Oh, she's back in she's, the country already. She's physically in the country. Ah, oh, well, we know she's back. Though. She's back. Look, uh, you've she's got back. a guest with you this time around. Yeah, we've got uh, Ian Moranti. He's going to talk to us about uh, talking super today, and uh, we're going to talk about um, well, lots of super common things, issues yeah. that people have with their superannuation funds. Ian, I'll save the problem from doing the segment, mate. No one's got enough super. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. You can go oh, home. You're dismissed. <laughs> You're happy if you're a politician. Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard. As always, Steve, we need to kick off and find out where the currency and commodities are all sitting today. Yeah, Mark, yeah, there's, there's not much change really from last week. Um, or the week before, the week, the week before week that. Before. We're pretty quiet. Yeah, I'm just, I've got my watch on, I've got the calculator. I'm running a stopwatch on how long it takes to get into a Brexit, so I'm sure we'll do that again. Well, yeah, there was an interesting development, but that's theoretically got two days, hasn't it? Yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, so the... the, the the House of Commons has has decided they're going to do it themselves and going to introduce some bills themselves. Theresa May said, so "She said if uh, Theresa May, their PM, if it doesn't get up this time, she's out. She's resigning." Well, you know, the, the House is going to do it and see what happens, mm. which is an interesting concept. Um, anyhow, um, so the gold price was uh, eighteen hundred and fifty-six dollars and thirty-four cents. So that was up eleven dollars fifty-seven. I mean, the fact that the gold price isn't going up, is, you know, people, people, the gold price isn't going up dramatically. I mean, it's going up in a dollar terms because the a dollar is slightly sinking. But but um, gold's generally seen as a store of value in uncertain times. And you think there was this great calamity is going to arise in Europe, the price of gold would be going up, but it's not. And it's steady. And steady. And the same as the FTSE, you know, the FTSE's hardly moved as well. So anyhow, the copper price, the copper price was down 2.67 for the week, which is $8,852. And uh, the crude oil price was up 77 cents for the week for to $95.87 a barrel. Um, the US dollar, um, we were down again this week to 70.91 US cents, which was which was down um, 0.2 cents on the week. Um, you know, not a, not a great movement, really. I mean, you know, your overseas holidays become a marginally more expensive, I suppose. And against the Great British Pound, we were down 0.37, which is uh, 53.85 pence. Um, and against the euro, we were 63.82, which was which was um, up 0.5 euro cents. Good yeah, stuff. So, so we're actually, actually, you know, we, we, the Australian dollar is going down against the Great British Pound and up against the euro. So that that's kind of the exact opposite you expect to be happening if uh, if, uh, if if the UK was in trouble. Yeah, um, and you know the movements are so small anyhow that, that they don't. I don't think that made anything. And the All Ordinary Index was six thousand two hundred seventeen, which was down thirty five point nine points in the week. Um, the S and P five hundred was uh, two thousand eight hundred five, which is down forty nine point five. Um, the UK FTSE was seven thousand one hundred ninety four, which was down one hundred sixty one point one points. And the Hang Seng, which is the Hong Kong index was 343.3, which was um, down one point, sorry, it was 28,728, which is down 3.3. Okay. Okay. And some stocks that local investors kind of like or invest in, um, BHP was $37.90, which is up 22 cents in the week. 
Um, CBA was $70.84, which was down 29 cents in the week. And NIB was down 8 cents to to $5.23. And Telstra was up 4 cents to $3.32. So despite all the claims about NBN, Telstra slowly slowly going back up again. And and the fuel price in Newcastle, uh, $1.34.8 cents a litre, which was up 1.7 cents a litre. Sydney is $1.46.1, which was up 15.9 cents a litre. Wow, that's a jump. That's a big jump. Mm. Um, and uh, diesel price in Newcastle is a dollar forty nine point two, which is up point eight cents, and in Sydney a dollar forty seven point three, which is up one cent a litre. Of course, the fuel price was up. I filled up this week. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not that it makes that much no, of a difference. Uh, it's up one point seven cents, so you got fifty litre tanks. So Roughly, yeah. Yeah, so that's cost you a dollar, less than a dollar. I, I knew that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't get the dollar change. Alrighty, yeah. But Easter's coming up soon. So. Oh, the usual. Well, the Sydney's got the jump on us. They've got up by 15 yeah, cents. Right. And we've got Anzac Day in there somewhere. Right after Easter. Holidays for. Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. Special guest coming up in a little while. Ian Morant, he'll uh, get our superannuation all sorted out. He'll maybe try and figure out a way, won't you, Ian, to get us some more super? Oh, easy. 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 <laughs> That's easy. All right, stay That's tuned easy. for that. Easy to get well, some super. Well, what do you think, Stephen Pritchard? Is, it, is it that easy? To, or is, he just, is he just boasting now? Oh, just put some money in there. You'll soon have some more. <laughs> Is it that simple? Maybe it is. Some of the other big stories happening in the markets this week. Well, there's not a lot really happening this week. It's pretty quiet. Um, You know, the the election overshadowed everything Mm. last week, the news on the election, and and, people don't like uncertainty, so they sit on their hands, and you've got the federal election rolling around in, what, two months or three months or something? So you'll be struggling for stories over the next couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, big story of the week is Linus Corporation, which is a re-earths miner in... Um, Malaysia um, has been having some problems and um, and uh, with the Malaysian government about taxation and processing of the plant and all sorts of things. And yeah, so so West Farmers come along and sensing and sensing a bargain and. Um, Linus has uh, today rejected West Farmers' uh, takeover offer and said that the only thing that West Farmers got, has got to add is the checkbook. So it's a pretty so, handy thing to add. So I, I wonder, <laughs> you know, and that's good of Linus Corporation managers to say that, but I wonder what the shareholders are going to think when they uh, when the offer rolls out, whether West Farmers' checkbook's big enough or not. So time will tell there. Mm. And uh, Premier Investments. Um, Premier Investments, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. The results came out um, a couple of weeks ago. And um, um, it was kind of uh, reversed what everyone thought. They, they thought the Smiggle business was going to go a great ahead. But, but what had actually happened is the traditional... Um, their traditional brands like Jeans West and Portman's have, have made a turnaround. And Len, um, Premier Investments has come out you know, later this week, earlier this week, and said, well, one of the reasons is that these businesses are making a, a good turnaround is that they're playing hardball with the landlords. And what Premier is saying is they're sick of going into shopping centres and find out that uh, foreign brands have in there competing against them and uh, the shopping centre landlords have given these foreign brands discounts to open their shops in, in competition with Premier. And Premier has actually been going up to the, uh, the the retail landlords and saying, well, you know, we want the discount. If you don't give it to us, we'll move out. And Solomon Lee's been shutting shops and moving out and claims that... That you know, is hardball, isn't it? Claims yeah. that, you know, the sales are being picked up by the other shops and he's only going to pay the same rent as everyone else, which which, which I can understand. 
Well, so, but, uh, so Premier Premier's retail sales, are, the margins are actually increasing against everyone else's. You can see their point of taking that that stance because I mean, you mentioned a whole heap of brands that are all under that umbrella. I mean, everything from what's Smingle to Jeans West to Portman's yeah, everything. Yeah, there's a number of um, there's Jeans West, Portman, Smingle, and I think there's another woman's wear brand at least. Um, yeah, so they've got some. That's four and, shops know, they can take out just like that, that. that. And the Smingle's the one that all the centres want. Mm. Yeah. So anyhow, um, and a bit of bad news this week, I suppose, for for uh, people who are looking at interest. Um, uh, the Australian bond rate fell to a historic low. The ten-year bond rate fell to one point seven six percent. So in real terms, what does that actually mean for well, us? What Stephen? that means is, is basically all interest rates are in in the country are basically priced on what's perceived to be the risk-free rate of return. And plus a premium for risk. So the the thing that's generally regarded as the risk free rate of return base rate in Australia is the ten year government bond rate. And if that's fallen to one point seven six, eventually that'll throw through to the rest of the market. So so the the deposit rates in banks will go down and um and then the loan rates will probably drop as well. And the reserve banks came out at the last meeting and said that rates may drop and then Bill Evans who's a leading economist at Westpac is expecting two rate falls by the end of November so you know that's not so good for people living on uh, fixed income um, interest investments but it's quite good for a borrower. Yeah um, I guess whenever whenever interest rates always, go up or down some always, are happy some not as happy. There's always a winner and there's always a loser. And a surprise, surprise, oh, we've got well, an energy is, story. This was no surprise. I mean, um, you know, we, we mentioned this before. So AGL, it's now come out that um, after the closure of Hazelwood, AGL's profits went up 60%, basically because um, they, they, what you've got here, you've got a limited number of producers. Um, as each one of these coal-fired power stations close, um, the, the demand for energy is staying about the same. And, of course, the producers can then uh, push the price up. So AGL's profit was up 60% as a result of Hazel closing. Um, Origin was up. Energy Australia was up. And, you know, the same thing's going to happen when, when Liddell closes. And you might notice that AGL's come out numerous times and say how much it's, cost, it's costing them to keep Liddell running but I've never seen anywhere where it comes out and says how much money's coming in the door. They only tell you what's going out the door. So, you know, if Liddell Power Station closes, the energy prices will go up again. And simple supply and demand. You've got less suppliers and the price will go up. Because everybody wants to keep warm, keep cool and, and mm-hmm. keep, keep the lights on. And, of course, the other interesting thing is that uh, Vales Point Power Station, which the state government sold in 2015 for just on $1 million, I might add, and it's currently worth $750 million, um, is in the lineup to get a government grant to expand their uh, coal-fired power generation plants out there. So it's interesting how an asset that can be sold for a million in 2015 can now be worth three years, four years later, for uh, 750 million. Um, you know. Don't you wish you could play the markets that good? Um, yeah, it's interesting. You're not. You're not that good. It? You might be all right. You're no, not that good. It's interesting. I can't claim to do anything that good. <laughs> Even once. But you wonder wonder what the state government was doing. I might leave that right there. Plenty to think about. And uh, finally, uh, Uh, Kathmandu. Outdoor clothing company. Outdoor clothing company in Kathmandu sells all those um, those upmarket brands to to go climbing mountains and things. And some of them are supposedly made out of recycled... uh, uh, plastic bottles, and so they're all environmentally friendly. So anyhow, their profit was up uh, up to the half year was up thirteen point up to thir- up 
13.9 million from 12.3 million previous half. Um, they're expecting the uh, sales to fall in the second half and their profits to fall in the second half because of the Christchurch effect they're claiming. Okay. Um, so something oh, to look at there. Oh, I really don't understand the connection, but anyhow, that's what they're claiming. Okay. Um, and so that's probably all we've got on the market round up this week. Yeah, I'm just having a look. This might actually be the first time in a couple of months, Stephen, that we actually ha- you haven't had a story on Blackmores. Well, we can make what's, one up. What's going on? We can make one Have up. Have they gone quiet this week? No, well, there's no announcements from Blackmores. We only had over three weeks when there was three different stories. Yeah, okay. Well, well, uh, well, I was in the chemist today. I'll go and back and look at the tapes. Blackmores is a premier brand. I was in the pharmacy today and I was looking at it and they got premier prices and there's some on discount there. So there you go. They've got a story. At Thursday Finance, it's Stephen Pritchard. And special guest today, Ian Morant, who's promised to get us all a little bit more super. He's the CEO and company secretary of NSF nominees. You promised us. You promised us, mate. You promised I'll try hard, Mark. You try your best. <laughs> Go for it, gents. So, so one of the things is um, with, with your super balances is um, is people, you know, the the fund sends out the statements twice a year or once a year sometimes, and they, they get these statements, and then they, you know, some people don't even bother to open them. I I, I find, or they just throw them away and don't don't really understand. So what, what what they actually need to do is when they get the statement from the funding, what do you need to do with that? Yeah. Um, I think the indication is that there's a very poor lack of engagement, understanding of super, and the fact that uh, really stands out to me is the fact that there's about between $16-$18 billion of lost super sitting at the tax office. So I think that's an indication that there is that unfortunate lack of engagement, understanding of uh, super. So a starting point is just trying to get some uh, a handle on those basic issues around your super and starting with the statement that you get. And a good starting point, in fact, is actually knowing what fund that you're in. Uh, That'd be a good Because the, the number of people who don't understand or know that the fund they're in and flowing on from that, whether they have multiple funds, because if you have multiple funds, then you may be paying uh, extra fees unnecessarily. So that's a, a, a pretty basic starting point, but a good starting point, just understanding the fund that you're in and whether or not you're in multiple funds. Yeah, do you think this lack of engagement comes about, I mean, I've been thinking about this, is the lack of engagement possibly comes about because um, the money that's going into the superannuation fund, people just see it as money from the employer and they don't kind of think of it as their money and they haven't yeah. put any money in themselves. So. Yeah, I think that's right, Stephen. And the fact that it's compulsory from that point of view too, I think a lot of people think, well, it's compulsory, therefore uh, if I make no decisions at all, it'll just still happen. And it's not until you start getting a bit of uh, grey hair like I've got that you start to take a bit of an interest in it. And the fact that the transaction happens of the money going from your employer into the fund is remote from most people and it's only just an item that might appear on their pay slip mm. uh, that doesn't help with the engagement, unfortunately. So, 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 so you, you know, you're hearing us on the radio and you've been throwing your super statements away... Um, and you got no idea who they came from, except that had a superannuation fund on the. And you might have got a couple of those, and you just thought they were junk mail, and you've thrown them all away. What can you do? Uh, well, try and retrieve them, but you can uh, use the um, online access my gov to find out what the super fund that you're in and where your current contributions are going. 
but just retrieving or retaining one of those statements that comes in the mail uh, or electronically, there's a lot of, uh, most funds are offering now the opportunity to receive your statements online uh, or access them online. Um, if you have the chance to, to uh, look at them, uh, which you should take, just making sure that your details are correct on those, that you have your uh, basic information like your date of birth is correct, your name is the same as it is on your driver's licence or passport because that will make it easier when you come to take money out of your fund or try and access your uh, your money. It'll mean that the process will be a lot more straightforward rather than uh, there being a difference between the name recorded with your fund and what's on your identification documents. Yeah, so you can if, if you haven't got the statement, what can you do? You can go onto MyGov and, 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 and do a search. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So what details do you, do you need for that? Um, basic details, um, for instance, your tax file number. Okay. Um, but if you've got a MyGov account, you can. Uh, the process is fairly straightforward. Okay, so we go onto MyGov and we find out we've got um, um, 16 different funds. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we do then? Uh, process of why do you have those different funds? And for most people it would be because they might have had 16 different jobs and they've mm-hmm. never bothered to bring the superannuation or keep the one fund. Uh, there would be doubtful reasons to have that many funds and the idea would be to look at um, consolidating or transferring those funds that aren't really doing anything mm-hmm. into a current fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would only look maybe at keeping a couple of funds if there are some insurance implications mm-hmm. or if some of the funds were defined benefit funds where there was a, a particular reason for, for staying in that fund until you reached a certain age. Yeah, so ignoring the defined benefits funds because they can be quite complex and, and generally you probably shouldn't exit those. Yep. Um, um, but, but if you've got these other funds that, you know, you were going to, to when you were working at school, you worked at the news agents and, you know, they gave you a bit of money and then you worked somewhere else at university and, you know, and, and so you've had all these part-time employers and you've got some money and rest and host and, and, and you know, it's a few years later and you've got married or something what, uh, and had a young kid. What, what should you look for before you start combining these funds? I mean, I know you can just go on and push the button and it does yeah. it electronically, but, but what, what, what could go wrong in all of that? Yeah. Uh, what could go wrong is that you could lose some insurance cover mm-hmm. or move from a fund that has better insurance cover to... Uh, less insurance cover, but you also need to look at the fees that you're paying in each of those funds too to make sure that um, you're paying for what you get or you're, you're getting what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd also be a good idea to compare the investment performance of those funds too if you're able to compare uh, like with like. Yeah, well, that's an important yeah. thing. I mean, we've had last week I've had two people come in, they've got two funds and and they think they're comparing like with like, but they're not really. I mean, you, you, you need to, you know, don't go on the name of the fund. I mean, you've got one large fund manager, one large super fund rather, that refers to this fund as a balance fund. But, you know, really anyone else's terminology would be a high growth fund where it's got about 80% equities in it. And um, where is if you've got a traditional super fund that's saying it's a balanced fund and it's only got 50% equities. Mm. So what you need to do is you need to go down to the little P 
pie chart or wagon wheel, as some people have called them, which 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 shows where the funds actually invested when you compare them and not just go on the name. That's that's yes, the, and all funds these days on their websites have quite a bit of information about the investment asset allocations that they have in the different options and the cost of those options too, from a management fee point of view. So. Uh, it, it's not a difficult job to uh, to look at some of those basic uh, characteristics. And then a lot of the, a lot of the funds also um, in their their PDS uh, have a description of the investment options and um, what age you, you you should look at those for. Um, so a thirty five year old person's probably got a different investment yeah, option yeah. than a. Yeah, they, uh, I think the the factor to look for there is the time frame recommended with those asset classes where some uh, asset allocations or some options have a shorter time frame and uh, for someone who's getting closer to retirement might be looking for one of those options that has a, a, a shorter time frame rather than uh, uh, more growth orientated options that have more fluctuation but you can if you're young enough you can ride out those fluctuations over a longer period of time okay um, and then if you move address what happens there uh, very important to try and uh, or to remember to, to contact your super fund and advise them of your change of address because uh, that's one of the ways they're going to be able to keep in contact with you and if you lose contact with them, then your super could become part of that uh, $16 or $18 billion which is lost. That's the last thing you want the tax office to have it. (laughs) Certainly not for too long. Thursday Finance, we're here with Stephen Pritchard and our very own Superman, Ian Morant. You're going to get a bit more super for us, mate. (laughs) Straight to the phone to to Caves Beach and Mark, you've got some conflicting info on uh, self-managed super funds. Uh, just a quick question. I'm looking at purchasing a freehold hotel with my self-managed uh, super funds and then running the hotel myself. And I'm getting conflicting views. Uh, my accountant saying that you can't do that, but then a, um, a company that I'm looking at getting a, a loan through to do this uh, just adds to the super fund saying that you actually can do it, but you can only use a certain percentage of your super fund. So is that something you can do or not do? Um, so, so let, let me get this straight. What you're planning on doing is is buying the hotel. Yes. Yep. And then you're going to operate the business yourself. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you can do that if you put it together correctly, but you need to be careful. Okay. So that the super fund can only own the hotel. Yep. Right. You can't own the license or the poker machine entitlements. You can only. Uh-huh. It can only own the business real property. Um, and then the other entity that's going to operate the hotel, you, you, have, to, you have to pay rent across to the hotel, uh, uh, to the super fund, sorry, and the rent has to be market, arm's length market rent. Yes, I'll lease it back to myself, basically. Well, you lease it back to the superannuation fund. Now, yes. if, if you get behind in the rent... Um, it would be expected that the superannuation fund would start to take recovery action against you as it would any other tenant. Okay. Okay? So you you can do this, but you need to make sure that it's all properly documented, you need a proper lease drawn up, and you need to make sure the contracts of sale are all... There'll be two contracts of sale. There'll be one for the purchase of the, the business premises and one for the purchase of the business and the... 
the liquor license and the poker machine license and the the, the shadows that go with it. So okay, it, can, it can be done, but it's quite a complex transaction. Thank you very much for your help today. Okay. Mark, just one more thing you will have to do. You have to make sure the beer is cold. Yeah. Oh, mate, definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Looks like the uh, gang for Thursday Finance will come along and see when it's all set up. Gee, guys, that does sound like a, a lot of a lot in that, doesn't it? Yeah, well, there, 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 is, a, there is an exemption in um, for, for self-managed superannuation funds where they can where where they can acquire um, a business real property and, and rent, rent it out to a related party is one of the few exemptions. Yeah. But but it has to be done on an arm's length basis. You have to have a lease in place and it has to be you know market rent and if the if the if the if the, if the um, I love that if it go, if the things go belly up he has to well, take recovery it, action well, against suppo- himself. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a it's it's supposed to be arm's length and you yeah. know if if I own the uh, hotel, well, if you own the hotel and I'm renting it and I'm not paying the rent, what are you going to do? Oh, I'll come after you. Well, that's what the super yeah, fund's got to exactly, do. And exactly, exactly. So, you know, if it doesn't do that, the whole thing, you know, we don't want to think what could go wrong. No, no. We'd, become it'll, it'll all be all right, Mark. Become you'll get, some, you'll get some proper advice and it'll, the whole thing no, will you be can, fine. You can do it. Provide, provide you stick in the rules, you can do it. Mm. Yeah. I suppose that's the beauty of super, that it can be as complicated or structured as you want compared down the other end of the scale is a, a fairly simple, uh, you know, membership. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, simple membership. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, so. that's complex structure, and you can you can do family farms, and uh, as long as it's only the, the 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 land and buildings. Yeah, and so back to something simple like a public offer fund. So, um, and one of the other things you said electronically. I mean, people seem people seem to be always changing their email addresses. So. Yeah, I, I suppose if you've got a few different avenues of uh, communicating with the fund, your postal address, uh, your mobile phone number, texting is becoming a lot more common uh, these days, as well as uh, email address. And uh, hopefully if you change any of those, you can contact your super fund to have them changed or maybe have a redirection on your uh, okay. email account. And, and and how do you check that the employers actually, you know, we hear these stories about, you know, some employers not paying in the 9.5%. How do you check that that's actually occurring? Yeah. Uh, do a cross-check between what's shown on your uh, pay slips or your uh, pay documents and check with your um, current details on your super fund. And most super funds now would have online access for you, so... Uh, you can go in and check the current balance of your account and recent transactions. And if you notice after a while that the contributions that have been shown on your pay slips aren't appearing at your fund, it'd be first of all a matter of checking with your employer to see what time frames they're sending those contributions through. They might be doing uh, quarterly payments, they might be doing monthly, they might be doing uh, each pay period. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of what time frame the employer is sending those contributions through and they should be processed and received at the fund uh, very quickly after they've been paid. Yeah, but that's very quickly means a couple of days. At most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the employer's not going to send it through on Thursday afternoon it's going to show up in your fund Thursday night. Probably not. No. No, so you've got to allow a couple of those yep. there. Um, but, but, and, and then one of the most important things about super is um, insurance. Um, a lot of funds, or mo- which keeps changing, and a lot of funds have automatic insurance cover. Um, and what do you need to do to determine 
to look at that? The first thing that uh, you'd be looking at is, is that insurance cover adequate for your circumstances? Mm-hmm. And that's where everyone is going to have different circumstances. Some people might have a lot of debt, might have a number of dependents, might be a single person with no debt. Mm-hmm. So first of all, doing an assessment of how much insurance you think you need to uh, to really get you out of trouble if one of the, if one of those unfortunate insurance events happens, mm-hmm. uh, and being aware of the cover that's available through your fund. So what sort of cover? You can get uh, death, you can get total yeah. and permanent disablement. And income protection and income or salary protection. continuance. Right, right. So if you, if you take the salary continuance out in the fund, how do you get paid it? Sorry, Stephen? You take the salary continuance yep. insurance out in the fund. Yep. What happens when you make a claim on it? Where does the money go? Uh, the money is paid to you as, a, as an individual. Okay. Uh, generally... It's somewhere about 85% of your normal earnings mm-hmm. uh, because the <clears throat> system isn't designed to give you a complete replacement of income because then uh, there's thought that it might be an encouragement for people to, to make yep. a claim yep. unnecessarily. Yep, okay. okay. So I wasn't aware that many funds offered salary continuance. Uh, some funds do, some funds don't, and normally it's not automatically provided. Yeah, you have so to the, apply for it. Most of the automatic provisions <coughs> is um, death and... TPD, TPD. Yep. yes. Okay. Yep. okay. And then um, we brushed Casey on the, the investment options before. Um, so the investment options go from you know, cash to... High growth. High and, growth. And they can be specific assets as well. Some funds offer... For instance, uh, an option which is 100% Australian equities, or it might be 100% property. So, uh, it's a good idea to look at the options that are available, and are they going to meet the objectives that you have for your own circumstances and your own super? Which comes back to reading the PDS. Yes. Yeah. As much as we don't like to read those PDS yeah. documents, the entire document, <laughs> the entire document. <laughs> All, all the Maybe parts of it, the important <laughs> stuff. At least a bit with yeah. the pretty pictures yeah. and the rest. Hey, a great chat today, uh, Ian Moran, our Superman. Uh, where the God's going to get us some more Superman. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, pleasure, Mark. And uh, I guess we'll see you down the road another time. About six weeks. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. On uh, Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard. Stephen, you got Jane back next week, so so I'm told. Yeah, she thanks. mightn't want to come back. We might be stuck with you. Stuff. Well, it won't be next week. I'm on holidays as of tomorrow. So oh, well, you have we'll somebody. find someone. We'll find somebody we'll find else. Someone. We'll get okay. careful with somebody. All right, mate, a big program. Thank you as always. Thanks, Mark. Have a good holiday. I will do my very best. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>